Welcome to hello and welcome to episode two of uh, Eddie and Matt Outkit their coverage. Uh, we're going to get stuck in straight away this time with our NFC NFC AFC North breakdown of the uh, 2019 draft. I'm going to kick you off with the uh, Cincinnati Bengals first round pick of Jonah William, the offensive tackle from Alabama. His NFL.com comparison is the Atlanta Falcons offensive tackle Jake Will- Jake Matthews. Uh, considering how rubbish the Bungles' day was last year, uh, they were expected to strengthen it uh, with, through the draft. Yes, they picked up a few defensive players later on, uh, but with the likes of uh, Rashan Gary, Christian Wilkins, Brian Burns and Mon- uh, Montez Sweat on still on the board at 11, uh, I, th- I think picking the OT there was a, uh, was a, bit, of a, um, a bit of a stretch. Uh, they should have gone for one of those players just to help strengthen their D. Um, he'll, he'll be able to play straight away, he'll fit straight in. And they've got a starter, but for me, it's not really what they wanted. Uh, not a sensible pick at all, Ed. Yeah, I mean, what you said, I think it's it's fair to say. The only pushback I have is I think that they're trying to build on the offensive line to try and keep the quarterback clean, which could indicate that they're going to be picking up a quarterback if they don't have a very good season, because there's some very good quarterbacks coming out um, in the twenty in the twenty twenty draft. Um, he was regarded was John Williams was regarded as the best tackle in the draft by a lot of people and the only real knock on him is that he has shorter arms for an offensive tackle but his arms are only half an inch shorter than Andre Dillard's so for him to be so highly rated and there to be no question about him being moved positions but for Jonah to be said oh he'd be better suited as a guard or a centre might be a bit of a stretch he's got great technique he's played three years in the SEC another knock to be fair is that he could and this is a could not a definite have picked up a lot of knocks along the way because you're playing against fantastic defences in there. And at Alabama, you're playing in the national championship almost every year. And this year, he had a really hard time playing against Clemson's D-line, which had three first-rounders in it. And that's not going to be fun for anyone, even at the NFL level. Um, But, yeah, I think he's he's going to be a solid player if he plays guard, if he plays tackle. He'll be an upgrade on whatever the Bengals already have. And... Um, Hopefully for the guy he can do well. I'd have been happy to have him at the Vikings, if I'm honest. But, like you say, there's a couple of uh, issues that could arise, but they're more cuds than will, which is obviously much better. The round two pick with Drew Sample, a tight end out of Washington, who I don't like to say it about a kid who's just come out of college. He's, he's come out of college, he's, he's wanting to play in the NFL, and he's been drafted in the second round, which is fantastic for him. You know, it must It's a great thing to know that a team values you that much. But in my personal opinion, he's probably like 7th, 8th, ninth best tight end in the draft. So being picked so early is a bit of a stretch. And when they already have a tight end in Tyler Eifert, who spends more time in the hospital than he does on the football pitch, it's not going to be good having a player who's not exactly proven to be a game changer or to have playmaking ability. He's, he has high effort in blocks and... Um, you know that's a high point for a tight end, but he doesn't really have any yards after the catch. In most of his blocking, is high effort as opposed to technique. I honestly think he's a day three pick. I think Josh Oliver, Jay Sternberger, Dawson Knox, Trevon Wesco were all better, all better tight ends in the draft. They could have taken because all of those people were taken after pick fifty two, which is where he were taken. Um, the next one off the board for the Bengals was NC State's Jermaine Pratt, who's an outside linebacker. He's a solid tackler. Um, he converted from safety, but he's not overly strong. In the NFL, they do say the easiest thing to build is your strength. 
Um, he has enough speed to get to tight ends and running backs, but he does need to work on shaking off blockers because he can get a little bit lost when he's up against someone who's you know a little big, a little bigger and a little stronger. And he also needs to work on diagnosing run players because in that division, you're playing against the Ravens, who are a run-heavy team. You're playing against the Steelers, who are going to be a, a run-heavy team. And you're also playing against the Browns, who have an ex- excellent running running back stable there with Nick Chubb, Duke, Do- uh, Duke Johnson, and later on in the season, Kareem Hunt. So they couldn't be in for a hard time. In round four, they took NC State quarterback Ryan Finley. It's been knocked by a lot of people, but he's basically a backup for um, Andy Dalton. And he can manage games. He doesn't do fantastically with pressure, but like I say, he can manage games. If the Bengals have improved their line as much as they want to their offensive line, then if he's kept clean, he will be able to play well when it's called upon. I think they just wanted an upgrade on, on you know, Jeff Driscoll, who didn't have a great couple of games last season. He was more seen about his athletic ability than his actual passing ability, and they were left wanting after a great start. But, I mean, I don't feel like it's fair to criticise the guy on as as heavily as he has been criticised. It's round four. It's, it's not too early. Obviously, there are other needs on the team, but I think he has been picked to be a backup, which... It could turn out to be fantastic, and we don't know what Zach Taylor wants from a quarterback. He could be exactly what he wants, but sometimes when the pocket's being pushed too much, you can make silly decisions. You'd be scratching your head at what he's doing, and in that division, which is also known for its defense, it's got some of the best defensive lines. That will be a very, very reoccurring theme for him. And that's all I've got to say about the Bengals. Okay then. Uh... Thanks for that. We shall move now on to the uh, the simply crowned Super Bowl champions, uh, Cleveland Browns. Uh, I had a look, had a look at about a look at the draft. There's only had a few players, only had a few picks. Um, so I looked at the uh, linebacker from Alabama, Matt Wilson, who's NFL.com uh, comparison is the New York Jets' newly acquired C.J. Mosley. Um, he's gonna he's gonna help the D eventually uh, if they can develop him, which is something they've not done with defensive players of late. Uh, he, he looked like a bit of a steal, to be told, if they can develop him. Um, they're going to probably use him initially as, as a special teamer because that was something he excelled at Alabama uh, as a gunner. But again, with the NFL kickoff rules where you've got a standing start, um, he's probably not going to be as effective. I mean, he's still a nasty tackler, so and he likes to, he, he can sort of like a ball magnet. So he's going to be. At least some use to him, and I said they'll, they'll rotate him in through the defense. He'll get more and more experience as the season goes on, and probably a start a year too. Um, but that's all I've got to say about him, Ed. Yeah, I think with what they had, the Cleveland Browns have picked up some good, good players. Uh, the second round pick, which they drafted the in the draft, they moved up for was Greedy Williams, which I think most people saw as the best corner in the draft. He was easily the best cover corner in there. He has four three speed. His man to man ability is absolutely excellent. Um, he's quick, got quick feet. Like I say, four three speed. He'll be able to shadow anyone. It fell in the draft due to some some comments about his work ethic, and some rumors which happens in the draft sometimes. He also didn't have any team visits, which were a little bit odd. But um, I don't know much about his personal life. Um, I mean, I imagine he was a, a fat kid considering his name. But you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's America, we don't know what to say about it. Um, he didn't get a lot of interceptions last season, but I don't think that's a knock on himself. I think that's more to do with the fact that people knew about him and knew not to throw the ball near him. He's got decent, well, good 
hands. His, his interceptions prior to being found out were very good. And the biggest knock that he did have on his game tape was his lackadaisical tackling. He can pop up every now and again with a tackle, but he wasn't very eager. But when you think that last season the Browns picked up Denzel Ward with the fourth pick of the of the draft, who turned out to be very good a very good corner, and now they've picked up a consensus number one corner in the second round with their pick, their secondary has just took a massive upgrade, and it is going to be very interesting to see how much of an improvement they have. Um, in round three, they took Sione Takitaki. Um, he's an outside linebacker from BYU. There was some concerns with him because he's had some off-the-field issues, but last season he was promoted to captain for BYU, which hopefully shows that he's uh, shown some more maturity and you know is more committed to football and not to a life of crime. He's allegedly. <laughs> allegedly, yeah, allegedly. <laughs> Fast and athletic, he, and... Like I say, that's I think that's something that they just want someone who can get about in the middle, someone who can um, just be able to keep up with some of the good tight ends from the Ravens and who can help stop the run against in that division, which we were mentioning earlier, the Bengals probably aren't going to be that capable of doing it unless they improve. In round four, they picked up Sheldrick Redwine. Um, I believe he's a character in the Game of Thrones TV series. <laughs> uh, but I could be wrong. He's got far, far speed. He can play corner or safety, which is which he did in college, which is a good versatility for a team like the Browns um, because they could need him at safety and they could need him at corner. They did lose Jabril Peppers. I say lose, they give him away. Um, and uh, I imagine he's going to be a direct replacement picked up in the fourth round which is a bit strange considering that Jabril has picked up in the first but like I say it could be a decent value and we'll just have to see if they can develop him um, it has been mentioned that the Browns aren't known for developing defensive talent but I suppose we'll see in round five as Matt mentioned uh, Matt Wilson from Alabama the linebacker was picked up from what I've seen he is uh, absolutely excellent when he's playing against the run but in coverage is below average and there's going to need to be some serious improvement there however due to the upgrades the Browns have made in the secondary his coverage may not be exposed quite so often and his run stopping is going to be a key key factor in him seeing the field uh, the coach in Alabama I can't imagine is going to be um, beaten by very many teams Nick Sam's done a fantastic job while he's been there, but there's still room for improvement and hopefully the coaching staff can help him. And then in round five, the picks a kicker. And that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> okay then, uh, moving swiftly on, we'll go to the uh, the Baltimore Ravens. Um, the, the, guy I, the guy I've uh, focused on is their uh, round three pick from Louisiana Tech, the D-end, Jalen Ferguson. His NFL.com comparison was the New Orleans Saints Marcus Davenport. It's a bit of a bit of a wedge, um, which I don't, I don't really see the, the comparison. Truth be told, um, because when I looked at the tape of Ferguson, he comes off the edge like the quarterback and running back always mum money. He just in in pass rush when he's not being held. But to be fair, he got held quite a bit from the tape I was watching. When he's not being held, he's in the back room to the point where I think he must have been offside because he's in there before they snap the ball. Um, when the player doesn't go to his side, which is more often than not because of his ability to get in there, um, he doesn't go chasing cars. He 
stands off, makes sure that if a player does come back his way, he's in a position to make the tackle. Um, and his, his eyes never leave the ball carrier. He doesn't get distracted or doesn't get um, tricked by any sort of like miss, you know, some some sort of like sleight of hand. He, he knows where the ball is. Uh, he didn't do much dropping back in the pass coverage, but then again, he didn't have to because they only really used him a lot majority of the time on 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 run defense. Um, it's with his side speed and vision. He's probably just going to be an edge rusher, but with that sort of side size speed and vision, one hell of an edge rusher. Um, Ed, yeah, um, I liked the Ravens draft. I think the 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 thing that they did was clever. Was they hit on positions that they knew that they needed to either improve upon or just put in there. In the first round, they took Hollywood Brown. Uh, that's the cousin of Antonio Brown. Hopefully, that that's the only the only similarity they have, other than being fantastic players. Um, Hollywood Brown's very fast and very explosive. It was mentioned by Todd McShay that he was the most explosive offensive player he's ever seen play, which is some high praise. He's been compared to Deshaun Jackson, who, when he came into the league, was a tremendous weapon. He has got elite speed, and what he does do when he's being tracked by corners is he varies his his pace to sep- to create separation, so slow down, speed up, slow down, speed up, and then he's off, which is going to cause some serious headaches. His routes aren't perfect, he can go off them at times, but I think more, than, more often than not he's going to be used in play action and with the deep ball, which no one in the NFL likes a player who can beat a guy deep. It's a, it's a worry for most players, and I think it, it could result in some massive plays for him. If he can stay healthy, he did finish off his season with a Lisa Frank injury. He didn't go to the combine due to this. Um, he's got quite a small frame. Um, when the ball's put in with pace, with a lot of pace, strong passes, he does have a tendency to drop it due to having smaller hands. He's not got a great catch radius. Um, I do think that play action is going to be where he's making his money though. Which with the Ravens, it's going to be hard to identify when they are running play action. They've got a fast. Receiver, a fast receiving car now. They've got a fast quarterback, and as I'm going to allude to with the next in the next couple of rounds, they've got now got a fast running back. So they've got the speed they didn't initially have, and then they've got a great power game. As Matt mentioned in round three, they picked up Jalen Ferguson, who I think is a high value. Some people are saying he's going to be a late first rounder. He converts speed to power really well. He's got good get off, and his hand works absolutely fantastic. His hand fighting's great. He can he can really get to the quarterback. He beat uh, Terrell Suggs' sack record while he was in college. He was playing at Louisiana Tech, which are a lower-level team. But when he played against better opposition like LSU, he did have his best game. The only thing I would say, though, to push back on that is not one LSU offensive lineman has been drafted. So there's still the odd question mark. His anchor, for someone who's so tall, is absolutely brilliant. Um, because you think being able to set your feet and keep yourself from being pushed around when you're higher is going to be much more difficult. He's, he's um, probably going to be a situational player early on for the Ravens and develop, and the Ravens are known for developing defensive talent. In the fourth round, as I alluded to before, Justice Hill is uh, a very fast and explosive running back. His top speed's brilliant. I think if he finds a gap, he's going to be gone, and that's going to cause some serious headaches. He's also from Oklahoma. Um, they really like Oklahoma by the looks of this draft. The Ravens, as they've taken their wide receiver, and in the same round as the Justice Hill, they took Ben Powers. 
I'm not going to go into detail about Ben Powers because I think it's a bit too interesting to be talking about offensive linemen to you all all the time. Um, the issue with Justice Hill, the knock on him was that he's not going to be able to pound through, you know, get through traffic and he's not going to be able to be pounded throughout um, the game. He's not going to be an every down back. But the good thing for the Ravens is they already have Mark Ingram from the Saints who wasn't getting as many plays as many runs last season due to um their fantastic backfield tandem and then he's also got Gus Edwards who was basically a sledgehammer that the Browns pounded on in the last few games of the season so I don't think durability is going to be an actual issue for him. Um the next player I'm going to uh, mention is Dale and Mack the round the round 5 pick from Texas A&M. Um, it was a five-star recruit when going into college, and the one word to describe him is explosive. It, when the ball snapped, he is straight into the backfield, but the one knock on him is the fact that he can get caught up with the offensive line having a good plan against him, as his his rush plan isn't fantastic. He can be a little bit stunted if the play against him is is good. But... Big and fast usually win in the NFL. So with some development, maybe he'll be able to reach the potential he once had. And finally, in round six, the other player that I've, I like the pick just because I think it's showing what the Ravens are about is the picked up speed receiver, Trace McSorley. Uh, it's not, not receiver, sorry, quarterback. So he could play receiver, which I think is what they will do with him. They'll play him in all different sets. But that leaves Lamar Jackson, the very good mobility at quarterback. Robert Griffin the third. Very good mobility at quarterback. And Trace McSorley, very good mobility at quarterback. So what they're going to do uh, is use their mobility as well as play action and the run game to win these games. And they've gone all in on this method and on this philosophy. And I think it's absolutely brilliant because a lot of teams have three different types of quarterbacks in the quarterback room, whereas the Ravens have got one type that they're using and they're all in. So, what do you want to talk about next, Matt? <laughs> well, I think if we're in AFC North, we should potentially go to the last team on the list, which is the, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. The world famous The world famous, sorry, Pittsburgh Steelers, yes. Uh, they may have won a Super Bowl or two. Had a bit of a dry spell recent <laughs> times. Tell us about it. Um, I've gone on, uh, I've killed on their uh, round seven pick, which is the offensive tackle out of Maryland, Derwin Gray. Um, the lad's a unit. Uh, his pass pro is good. Uh, and he'll struggle to. It'll be a struggle to get round or through. He's just a lump. Um, at a push, you could start him if you need to, but he really needs a bit of poly, a little a, a bit of like knocking the shape on the old run game. Uh, I think he's good. He's a good value pick for that late on in the draft. Uh, Ed. Yeah. Um. The one thing I really liked about the Steelers was the change in the philosophy in the first round. They traded up ten spots to get Devin Bush. Widely regarded as the 1B of the linebackers, the middle linebackers in the draft. He's got excellent athletic ability. Um, he's sideline to sideline plays great. And he's a nasty hitter. And he's also got a bit of attitude to him. 4-4 speed for a linebacker is great. Him and Devin Bush shared that. And I think he's just going to be the direct replacement for Ryan Chazier, who had that very unfortunate spinal injury. Which we're also happy to see that he's showing some progress. He actually got married. And danced at the wedding, didn't he? Yeah. It was really, really good to see. Um, Devon's a smart player. And I think being picked in the top 10 is exactly where he deserves to be picked. He's, his effort's always really high. And he tracks the ball really, really well. Um, 
he does have some issues getting off blocks at times and can be a little bit overwhelmed. But I think he'll be utilised much better in the NFL with a much better coaching staff around him. Um, and I think that with all these pluses and all this, um, you know, this praise he's got, the Steelers have just picked up what they need at the back end because I think there's going to be a drop-off on their offence due to him losing Le'Veon Bell. I know he wasn't here last season, but they've officially lost him and they've lost Antonio Brown. So that defence needs to make sure they're making some more stops and I think he's going to be a big puzzle piece to help them to do that. In the next, in, well, round three, they picked up Deontay Johnson, a wide receiver from Toledo. I don't know much about him, but the Steelers have picked up a wide receiver. I'm not going to argue. Antonio Brown... Juju Smith-Schuster, um, Santonio Holmes and um, Emmanuel Sanders have all been picked by the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're not bad, are they? No. So they kind of know, know what they're doing, I think, with the old uh, wide receiver picks. We'll, we'll leave that to them. Um, they picked up Justin Lane from Michigan State. He's a big physical corner and he competes at the line of scrimmage. He's got good jamming ability. He speeds at 4-5, which isn't, isn't bad, you know, but he's one of the bigger corners in the... In the draft, he's. I think he'll he'll compete and he'll try his best to get into the first team and probably develop. But it's a place where the Steelers have had a bit of trouble developing from the draft. His corner, um, but he uh, he does fail to restrict throwing windows at times whilst in coverage. But I think if he plays in a zone scheme, he'll do much better. And I think he might have a hard time if he's up against Hollywood Brown, due to him being just. Unbelievably fast, that could cause some issues. Uh, but like I say, if you, if you play him in the right in the right system, he he could be a decent pickup. And in round four, they picked up Benny Snell, uh, which will be fantastic for the Steelers because if you get um a bit of paper and put a B on it, you can put the B over the S and the L, and you've got a Bell oh. shirt again. <laughs> he's playing at number twenty six. I've seen this joke made a lot of times. He's been compared to James Connor, which is the number one running back for him at the minute. Hard nose, he runs into traffic, he's he's not scared to uh, hit the pile. He's also the all-time rusher in Kentucky football history. Um, he doesn't break tackles, but he does force his way through the pile, which is a bit strange. He's not particularly fast, and he, he doesn't have long speed, but he'll get you the yards that you need. He's going to be a workhorse, which is exactly what you need in a division like that. Um, then in the, the round six, they picked up Isaiah Bugs. A defensive tackle out of Alabama, he's six foot three, weighs two hundred and ten pounds, and there was a big knock on him because he's not very nimble on his feet. But at that size, I can't imagine many people are. He did play at the end for uh, for his college career, but I think he gets shifted on to, into the inside for the NFL just due to his measurables. He's a strong guy and he can move offensive linemen about, but he does have some knocks on his. Um, on his effort and he does take some players off which they'll have to try and get out of him I think it'll be used in rotation sound okay that's the uh, AFC North wrapped up um, yeah if you like the episode well, give us a follow give us a give us a subscribe if you don't you know what you are you're a Packers fan right we'll, uh, we'll catch you next time take it steady <laughs>